Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing, and how we are creative, and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and today I have with me Alice Wood. Alice is my assistant at Creative View Healing and helping out with things behind the scenes so that I can do more to help everybody else. So she had my right arm and an absolute godsend to me. <laughs> Alice first got into watercolor painting following medical treatment several years ago when she was offered art therapy as part of her recovery. She found that painting calmed her brain and helped her to relax. After that, she never looked back. Alice likes to do cryptic crosswords and lives in the northeast of the UK. And she regularly takes part in Create With Me, with me, on Tuesdays. <laughs> we have two, two days and Thursdays, it's the middle of the night for you, right? So, yes, that's so yes. welcome, Alice. <laughs> I wanted to introduce you to Alice, and that's why I'm having her on the show, because she's such an important part, um, plus an amazing creative and she's been taking part in some of our summits now, mm-hmm. and things like that. So just get to know her a little more. So yes, that, that was never on my, uh, you know, agenda, you know, it's just, I'll, I'll just help you. But suddenly, it's like, well, I'll do a video, and, you know, yeah. and we'll do this thing for the Ukraine, and then we'll do this. Yeah. A little bit here, a little bit there. I know, because, yeah. you know, when you work behind the scenes, you're going, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do that. <laughs> So can you share some of your story? We did do your bio um, that's, that's brought you to where you are today. Well, um, yes, where do we start? Um, I'm in my mid-50s. I, as you said, I live in the northeast of the UK. Um, I didn't start out there. Um, I've moved around the country quite a lot thanks to going to university, getting a job in a different place, getting a job in another different place and just moving about. So I've seen quite a lot of the UK. And um, a few years ago, um, I'd had the occasional symptom of, you know, something odd happening here, something, you know, I had, I developed a heart arrhythmia, I had problems with my foot and this and that and the other, and um, never really joined the dots. And then, then one day, you know, I discovered a lump in a a place where you're definitely not meant to have them. And um, was eventually diagnosed with cancer and all these dots started coming together I was like oh if you add that and that and that together you get this um so yeah check your symptoms folks and um I you know you go through the course of treatment and you you get showered with hospital appointments it's like being on a roller coaster um on a stormy sea it's 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 just overwhelming and and I was offered um, art therapy and when you're in that situation you you take any lifeline anybody gives you and, and I was like yeah I'll do that I'll, I'll do anything quite frankly you know you, you want me to ballet dance I'll, I'll give it a go right now and so I started doing this art therapy and just once a week down down at the uh, the local art gallery uh, so it wasn't even in the hospital which was great because it was a completely different environment and um, so I started doing that 
And I thought, oh, actually, you know, this is quite nice. And what I really liked was the first session we ever did, and we were talking about how we'd approached art when we were younger, you know, and, and, and I recall being told, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're making a mess. And, um, and the lady leading the session said, oh, well, there's no, no such thing as wrong in art. And I thought, oh, wow, what a completely different way to look at it. There's, there's no such thing as being wrong. I, nobody's ever told me that before. And, and I just started getting into it more and more and more. And I, I bought myself uh, a set of uh, watercolours, uh, basically for the principle that if I spilt it on myself, I could wash it out. That, that was my whole raison d'etre, you know, watercolours will wash out. And I just started doing the oxygen here and there, and I got a sketchbook, and then I got one of those adult colouring books. Now, I, I, I'll hold my hands up here, guilty. I used to sneer at adult colouring books, something rotten. Who needs that? Yeah, I've got a huge stack of them now. I, I can't get away from them now, because they just taught me so much how, how to use the paint and and the different ideas you could get. And, and I like you say, I just never looked back and I thought, oh, well, I'll try this, no, I'll try that. And that having, having the cancer, how many people have said this in the past, you know, it allows you to stop and think and say, well, what is it actually that I wanna be doing here? You know, do I wanna be in that nine to five rat race thing? Well, actually it's not nine to five anymore, is it? It's more like sort of six to eight these days especially in this country it's awful um you know do I really want to do that or do I want to be a bit more intentional about how I how I live uh, and so that's that's what I tried to do now you know be a bit more intentional and helping you is a way of me being able to sort of pay a bit of that back and then you can go and help someone else yeah I love I love that because it, it's so true sometimes it takes a, a major life event for us to stop and go what is important yeah yeah exactly yeah and and Mm self-care which I I feel creativity is is very important Mm -hmm. and you don't often do that until you have something that says you have to do that yes yeah yeah absolutely and I I find it funny about the uh, adult coloring books because it's uh so many people who I have turned on to adult coloring books have said, mm. no, I don't need that. But, you know, and then when they actually try it, whether it be paint or coloring or whatever they're using them for. Yeah. Uh, it's a totally different thing. So yeah, great absolutely. place to start. <laughs> yes. So you do a lot of watercolor. And what mm. would you say then is your a creative healing modality that you use the most for yourself? Is it watercolor or something else? Yeah, I say it's watercolor and it's probably it's probably the simplest one, color by numbers. I just love the color by numbers books. You know, it, it's it sort of takes the when I'm really stressed and my brain can't make a decision. Uh, you know, it, it just freezes. I'm a rabbit in the headlights. Uh, and so, you know, the little color by numbers and number 13 and number 16 and just you, know, you need an orange here and a, this is a green. And so you could just create and you know that you're going to like what comes out. And, you know, it's just, it's a thing unto itself. There's no purpose behind it other than you're just making the picture. And, and I just, yeah, I find that so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. And that, that's when you can get into that flow, right? When Absolutely. You sort of let yeah. Go and, yeah. 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 And, and I find like if I, 
if I want to do some art, if I start by doing a little bit of that, you know, where I'm not making the decisions, makes it a bit easier to sort of say, all right, okay, I've done that for 10 minutes. Let's let's try and move on to something else now. And, you know, my brain is starting to get into that zone of, of flow and, you know, make it, being able to make the decisions because it's already seen that, oh yeah, that red goes with that green or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, so you don't, yeah, take some of the pressure off. I love that. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. Do you think that you're trying to answer questions questions for your own self with your creations and if so what what type of things yeah yeah I think um certainly in the last few months I've been trying to um I've been looking at my own identity of where I come from um I've been I've been looking back in my family history and because I know there's a lot of trauma in my family history um and I've been trying to sort of I can't, I can't answer all the questions because a lot of those people are dead. But I've been trying to sort of work out what the problem is or where the problem comes from and try and get a handle on that and understand you know, part of my family history is uh, the great hunger, the great famine in Ireland in eight, the late 1840s. And so I've been trying to understand like what was behind that? What were the decisions made? Why did my my um, ancestors move what forced them into that and just just trying to see the events that happened now I I can't you know 1850 is what's over 100 years ago I'm never going to understand completely what their life was or why they're making these decisions but I'm trying to get a handle on it and and see what's going on and and I have, I have managed to work out a few things, and that's really helped. So, yeah, it's about, it's about looking inside me and trying to find me because I think through most of my life, I've been trying to help other people, do things for other people, and I've been an extension of other people. Um, and I haven't really known who I am. Oh, that... That is like a, such a profound statement <laughs> as women, that is something that we do, right? We're always looking mm. after everybody else and mm-hmm. we lose ourselves in, in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so who are we, who are we individually is such yeah, an important yeah. question. And so starting to delve into that is super mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And I just think I, I've been looking at my life and realizing that I'm responding to trauma that other people have felt. I've got people on both sides of my family tree, uh, mama and dad, who way back, who have lost mothers very, very early in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandmother lost her mother when she was seven. My great grandmother lost her mother when she was four days old. Now, unfortunately, you know, back then, uh, you could almost call it an occupational hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people have been responding to those events. And, and in my grand's case, particularly, it was about being a perfectionist, about having everything clean, having everything tidy, everything's just so. And so she was doing that, and it's been passed down and passed down and passed down. And it's only now I'm sort of looking at this and going, hang on, I don't need to do this. 
I've been taught this by somebody who was responding to somebody else who was responding to somebody else, and this has to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 it it it's enabled me to sort of wake up and see what's what's happening. Yeah, those ancestral traumas. It's it's amazing, and and we talk about it a lot um, mm-hmm. with like. Well, here in Canada, we talk about it a lot with the Indigenous people and what's happened to them. And absolutely. But we all have some form of ancestral traumas. Absolutely. So many things have happened. And then that, like you said, carries through. Mm. And when we start to discover our part in that or how it's affected us so that we can maybe make changes as we need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really important. Really important. So. When you're creating, do you, do you play music and, and do you have different types of music for different types of creating? Um, do I play music? Yes. I, sometimes it's an audio book. Mm. Sometimes I like to, to, to hear words. But, but music, yeah. I, I, my dad was a musician, so I was brought up with music of almost all kinds. And... Um, in the last few years, I've been trying to explore some of the other kinds. My, my dad hated opera because <laughs> I remember him telling me that he once heard his grandmother. She was an uh, amateur operatic singer. And uh, so you can imagine this, this rather portly lady, of uh, you know, your, your typical cliche opera lady uh, of 60 something trying to sing whatever it was. And my dad just he said, I put my fingers in my ears and ran out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she wasn't that bad, but I don't know. I wasn't there, so so he he hated opera. So over the last few years, I've been trying to sort of educate myself. Well, you know, what does this actually sound like? Who who are these people? What's what's this all about? Because my previous um, experience of opera was was Bugs Bunny. Yeah, what's opera, Doc? Yes, um, that that's it. Yeah, go go watch it, folks. It's very funny, um, but. You know that's not opera, uh, and 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 not only that. Um, jazz. I've uh, at the moment I'm listening to a lot of uh, Northern Soul, which is a a very niche thing, um, but it's something that I think I used to listen to when I was quite small. And it, you know, and I'm listening to it, thinking, "Hey, this sounds familiar. I I have heard this before somewhere." And I'm still trying to discover new and different types of music and. Yeah, you give me any kind of rhythm over time and I'm there. I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, tapping my fingers or painting along. Yeah. yeah. And and do you think that affects the work that you do, like the, what you're creating, the different music? Yeah, probably. Um, um, yeah, because some of it is intentionally or unintentionally, it will be a commentary about the, the position the songwriter is in. You know, um, your quintessential example is probably Bob Dylan. Uh, you know, he's commenting on his life as he sees it. And that's got to be reflected back in, in what I hear from whatever the songwriter is. And a lot of, um, I, as well as Northern Soul, I've been getting into a lot of a uh, thing called Two Tone, which um, was a movement over here in the UK and probably didn't get any further. But it commented on early 1980s life in the UK and um, you know this this town is nothing but a ghost town all the clubs are being closed down 
the, uh, where Two-Tone came from, Coventry, there was a lot of uh, motor industry and it was all closing down. And so you've got this gray concrete jungle with all these kids hanging about and all these people being chipped on the dole and this gloom and doom and, and, and the reflection of that in the tunes. Yeah, it definitely comes out to me now having been lived through that you know and I think oh yeah I remember that time I and, and yeah so some of it does come out in the art definitely yeah and I, I think that you know music has so much emotion whether mm -hmm. you know depending on what you like or if you're eclectic like I'm fairly eclectic mm -hmm. with my music when I do listen I don't have like one I mean I have a favorite but not you know I listen mm -hmm. to a lot of different things and so I find I need, you know, really upbeat if I'm cleaning, if I'm driving, I can yeah, yeah. try different things. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, like I said, I don't, um, like I said, in my podcast, when you interview <laughs> me, I don't listen to music when I'm creating mm -hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. But I do think it can really uh, be reflected in the work that you do. Yeah. 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 Definitely. yeah. And do you have a favorite quote? that you'd like to share oh do you know i spent hours combing through i i kind of collect words i've got scrapbook after scrapbook after scrapbook with um quotes and cartoons and also and, and i finally decided on uh, ralph waldo emerson's what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you oh i love that one i don't think i've heard that one mm. yeah Oh, that's... I do like Emerson. He's he's very profound. Yes, I have a number of of his quotes around. Actually, um, I've always got different quotes all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I struggle to find a favorite. But yeah, that one's that's a good one. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? Well, I think I would say for people leaving this podcast now, go do some art, whatever it is, whatever you define as art. Go do something and follow your heart. Follow what you are called to do and, and don't think about, oh, I need to make money or, oh, it's got to look right. Oh, I can only use this color and this color or so-and-so won't like it. Don't worry about it. Just get yourself a piece of paper and a ballpoint pen and, you know, draw a dot to dot or something. Go and do some art. Absolutely. I wouldn't be here if that wasn't my message. <laughs> Go create something. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I want to thank you so much for being here and for also for You're helping welcome. me each and every day. Okay. I truly appreciate you. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. To our listeners, we will see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in.